Uh, how you doing? I'm really good. I'm good. The apartment's almost set up. My life feels like it's starting to be less in chaos. I'm house-sitting for the cutest dog ever this weekend, so that'll be fun. It will be fun. And then Grant's coming home on Sunday. Oh, nice. Yeah. Is there a dog-Grant overlap? Like, do you have to choose? <laughs> no. No, I, I hand the dog off right before Grant's plane le- or lands. Oh, that's perfect. It'll be like a, a sitcom episode. <laughs> okay. Everything's going to be fine. All you got to do is meet me here to hand the dog off at exactly 346. <laughs> Looks like this show's going to the dogs. boy it's the doom to fail podcast my name is tim dobbs with me as ever through the internet it's katherine kogert look who's all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed tim dobbs over here it's yeah. good to be here i've been combing my tail out it's all bushy <laughs> just feeling <laughs> wait so like have you been doing the thing that you do to puff up your hair where you comb it backwards is that how... oh god it's funny i know so little about hairstyling this is news to me that you can puff your hair this way yeah yeah, you puff your hair. What you do, you take a section and I don't know why I'm touching my hair right now. You take a section in the back, you lift it up, and uh-huh. then you comb, take a brush and you brush it backwards. Oh, and it I see. tangles it up to create a little puff. Oh, and right. then you smooth out on top of it so it looks like it's all smooth, but it's a lie. <laughs> it's important to lie with your hair. <laughs> <laughs> I lie with my hair every night. But um Oh yeah. Yeah, that kind of works. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, pretty yeah. cool. Anywho. <laughs> pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all the hair and tail news we have today. The uh, the the horse and mane. The uh, tail tails. The tail tails. Tail related podcast. It's, it's our new spinoff. <laughs> uh, it's all about just like you know zebra tails and mane mane t- and tail tails. Mane mane. Get it. Main, main, and tail tails. Okay, there we go. Main, main. Oh, I see. Yeah. So we're we're yeah. only talking about the primary mains, and uh, but yeah, stories, just, just oh, the highlights. Oh, the stories we could tell <laughs> about tails. Because we don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole. Mm-mm. Speaking of, <laughs> uh, is this somehow going to connect to our topic this week? I'm not saying it, but I'm willing to go with it. Our topic this week is graphs. <laughs> Uh, so Catherine, let me tell you a hey, story. Tim. Sit back, sit back, relax, okay. get yourself well, in your easy I, chair. You can't hear me as well if I sit back. Oh. No, no, no lean in, lean into the mic. It's important to have okay. good. Okay. Okay. Good. Uh, Thanks, Cheryl Sandberg. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what that thing was about. It was about <laughs> mic technique. <laughs> you don't get to become executive at Yahoo without, uh, You know, good I mic think that the mic should have better technique with us. Just mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. Uh, I support that 100%. Uh, so, uh, graphs. So, uh, uh, let me tell you a telltale, uh, about graphs, which is, uh, when I took pre-algebra in middle school, um, and they taught us, uh, that Y equals MX plus B, um, in other words, the, we got out some graph paper and we drew some lines and then we assigned numbers to those lines. It took me probably a full 18 months to have any idea what in the world was going on between the equations and the lines, the shapes that we saw. 
uh, because mm-hmm. I, I could do the rote connection of the two. Okay. When this light turns on, I press this button and it gives me a pellet. Uh, but I yeah. just had no idea what in the world was going. It's like, I don't understand this. I've got some math over here and I've got some line drawings over here and, you know, Here's my A minus. So I guess the world's happy, but I don't know what's up. Like seriously, I was well into the next year of school before I was like, oh, oh okay, sure. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. Is this familiar? You know, yeah, you know, it's interesting that you describe having that experience because I don't remember having that experience of really struggling with that concept. I think because they no. didn't really give me a chance to struggle with it because I remember being taught Y equals MX plus B. I am not joking like a dozen times, <laughs> like from a dozen different teachers. Like we're a little fitted into science somehow. <laughs> eh, um, Chaucer, but also Y equals MX plus B. Like, I have no idea how they taught me this equation this many times, but I feel like every year. <laughs> it's the geometer's tale. <laughs> every year from like, I think sixth grade to ninth grade, there was a section on Y equals MX plus B. So they did not give me any opportunity to struggle. And I f- totally understood it because there was no opportunity to not understand it. <laughs> Well, good, I guess. Do you feel like you had you had topics that were just beaten into the, into the ground other than like abstinence is the best way to not have babies? Uh, I mean, I went to school in the northeast of the United States, so it wasn't uh terribly conservative. Um in fact, uh mostly just try not to mention anything. I think that was the general sex ed policy, which also isn't good, but uh we certainly didn't get into abstinence. Um but, uh, since that wasn't the question you asked, um, I think the, the thing that was really hammered in, like, relentlessly was every year when we did U.S. history, which I guess is, like, odd number years or something like that. I think you do it in, like, fourth grade mm-hmm. and some other grades and then tenth grade. Yeah. Uh, but so every year, you know, you reset, you start at the same point. It's like rebooting U.S. history and you learn, you know, it's like, well, it's got a lot of the same characters, but like this time Columbus is a little edgier and grittier and he like kills some people. <laughs> oh my God. It's Christopher Nolan's Christopher Columbus. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. Um, they just like, they give you a little more truth, right? But I, I definitely felt like, like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Pre, you know, I, I don't know. Pre-Columbian society, Columbus shows up, you know, he thinks it's, you know, whatever. It was Isabella, Ferdinand, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess the, the, I guess the big difference is that, that, the repetition, uh, so often with a slowly, a slow unveiling of the truth. Well, the historical truth that best we have, I guess. Um, is that, uh, that made me sort of just disregard the whole thing. I was like, eh, I'm tired of hearing about this. I've, I've heard this story before. Tell a new one. Um, but yeah. it sounds like the Y equals MX plus B made you just, you know, like maybe you were tired of it. For sure. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, so since you, you had it so well beaten into you, can you briefly explain how in the world equations can connect, uh, to shapes on, uh, pieces of paper? Does it make any sense? Okay. Okay. What is up? Y and X, we're going to put them over there for a while. Let's okay. talk about M. Let's talk about B. Okay. B is real, real simple. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like you move. It's like... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. You, you move the physical thing up and down. You okay. can move it up. You can move it down. I've got Th- those stick, are, That's your right? option with right? I've got a stick yes. in a room, and I'm either sticking it on the wall or on the floor or against the ceiling. <laughs> 
Then you have M. Neither of M or B stand for anything, which seems like a poor decision. Um, but hey, I, I didn't invent it. Um, but M Way is like the, the angle at which you hold. Exactly. <laughs> M is the angle at which you hold the stick. So I can move it up or down or I can twist it one way or the other way. Um, and then that describes a point Y given a point X. So that's, it, I feel like that's like point, kind like of a number Y given a point, uh, a number X. You see, do you see that it is complicated? It is, it's an entire shift in the way that you think yes. about numbers. Um, because, yeah. you know, so, so when that we they get, have buddies, they have buddies and they have relationships with each other and it's very complicated. <laughs> um, I, I feel like there's this like, order of math that many of us never really get to with like you know um infinite dimensional vector space and like uh you know uh set uh what is it called not set logic but like like things where where you're essentially doing logic uh in a mathematical way right it's not just it's not no it's no longer based on arithmetic and i kind of have this the sense of like yeah yeah okay so there are logical operators kind of out there that you can use to think through and solve problems in a sort of um mechanical way you can use you know mathematics to help you through that but it's kind of like it's not really something i completely understand and i I think a lot of people kind of have that that sense is just like oh there is a higher math and it's kind of like a little past me um and i think this idea of plotting things really is the next it's the first step you move towards from like oh well if i have i want to be able to count the number of apples i have to like a more complex way to think about numbers Right, like this idea that suddenly numbers can have these wacky relationships with each with each other, and you know they fall on a line for some reason, and you can draw it, and you can move the move around the spaces in which you think about the numbers. It's no longer number of apples; it's now you know the number is an abstract concept, and that concept can be expressed either through number of apples or some squiggles on a piece of paper, and that is no less valid than the abstract number as a way of expressing numbers <laughs> that great work sense? tim you did yeah. a way better job than me <laughs> well except i didn't right like I feel no like... you didn't i'm being sarcastic thank you i think we both did ter- i think this is the philosophy this is why i didn't have the opportunity to not be um confused is because they just bombarded me with so many different explanations and i was like but these all mean the same damn thing maybe it's like um Maybe you remember in chemistry. Because there are a lot of different ways to approach learning that. It's true. Uh, well, so maybe it's like in chemistry how, uh, you know, they teach you the various models of the atom. They start with like, well, you know, it's a plum pudding where, you know, every atom is just a bunch of positive with like, you know, a positive stew with a bunch of little negative uh, plums in it, let's say. And then they move to like a planetary model where it kind of looks like a solar system with a positive center and negative spinning around it. And then they kind of like edge you towards this idea of like, well, probabilistically, electrons live in different orbitals that, you know, kind of have a cloud shape and et cetera, et cetera. You know, maybe it's like, the idea that they just keep teaching you things until like something kind of works. That's, that's the more important thing. It's like, we're just going to keep saying a lot of stuff and good luck with that. Like it'll all become clear eventually. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's a big tactic in chemistry teaching. And that's why a lot of times what happens is as you take higher level chemistries, they're like, all right, remember everything we learned last quarter? Forget that. <laughs> we're going to reteach this. <laughs> um, because I think they very much teach chemistry in, 
historical order, right? Like you can build a historical narrative around the different models that they give you. Mm. Um, because we as humans discovered more complex and nuanced ways to think about atoms, to think about bonds um, and all that jazz. Uh, yeah, not to mention jazz. Uh, terribly complex. And jazz. <laughs> all right. So I think I feel like we did a terrible, terrible job laying the groundwork here. But, uh, you know, sometimes you just need to go ahead and build the house on the swamp. So why don't we come back in a moment to talk about more graph stuff when we come back on the Doom to Fail podcast. And we're back on the Doom to Fail podcast, modulating our voice like so many graphs could show us. <laughs> so, <laughs> Catherine, this brings us to uh, one type of graph. The, re the rest of the show will just be us talking about graphs we like. Um, ah, good. Yeah, it was getting really abstract there. <laughs> Done with the graphs of Christmas past yeah, exactly. and now on to the graphs of Christmas future. Three, gra <laughs> Three graphs will visit you this night, <laughs> represented here by this pie chart. <laughs> Okay, so who's the graph of Christmas present? Uh, the graph of Christmas present is an infographic um, showing uh, various circles um, that give you the sense of comparative size of a number of things. But, uh, you know, it's it's sort of not that clear because it's actually really hard to tell things about circles, right? Like, yeah, sorry, that was very yeah, poorly phrased. <laughs> you no, no, I, no. Bad I, at I picking know exactly out. what you mean. Yeah, it's like the thing with pie graphs is they're most useful when to show like an overwhelming majority. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what you should use pie graphs for. I think. Uh, yeah, pie graphs are best shown. Here, here's the mnemonic for that. Best use a pie graph to show when someone has taken out a slice. Huh? <laughs> Wink. Yeah, there you go. Is that? <laughs> I like it. Only when there is two percent of the pie missing should you show any pie graph. <laughs> Um, no, I like that. Yeah. So yeah, no, I feel like right now, like very in the present, like a, a you know, a BuzzFeedy type graph is, uh, yeah, lots of circles. Like, you know, here's a yeah. bunch of data points represented by the size of circles and, uh. Or like, like people and then one person is a different color to represent like, well, the large minority of people have light bulbs or something. I don't know. The large minority. There was nothing about that sentence that made sense. Okay. Can I just admit that? <laughs> you know, so perhaps it is, I mean, it's possible that, uh, we, we have too much graph experience and so we have no perspective on this because I feel like this is the least clear episode we've ever done, which I, I guess makes sense because. But do you know what I'm talking about? When you have the little, the little stickman, the little like men's room door stick, stickman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, you show like, um, here's what you do. You, so you're trying to show average wait times for bathroom use <laughs> and you show a number of sure. stick men, uh, waiting in line. Uh, but there's only like one and a half of them. And then there's like eight stick women waiting beneath them to show that like, uh, yeah, yeah women have to wait a lot longer. This is sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um so that's just the bar graph though, right? It's a bar graph represented by images instead of uh, a block. It's a pictograph. It's a pictograph. Right? Picture graph. 
or I- iconograph or something. I don't know. What do you want to call I, it? I don't know what the real word is. There's a real word for it. Tell me what it is. Tell me what you like about I'll, it. I'll, I'll figure it out. It'll be on the blog. <laughs> this... <laughs> uh... I'm pretty sure it's not a pictograph because pictograph is like Chinese or Mandarin is. Wait, no. Mandarin is a spoken language. Written Chinese is a pictographic language, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, is that is that the same as a hieroglyph? A hieroglyph, that's pictograph. Yeah, all right, there you go. Good yeah. work. Good work answering these questions, regardless of knowledge. No problem. All right. It's my pleasure. Yeah, so I have a couple <laughs> more questions about bullfrogs. Um, just like, can they live entirely? In Wait, did you say a couple more questions about bullfrogs? Yeah, this whole podcast has been about bullfrogs. <laughs> okay, okay. I think I'm in a fugue state. <laughs> um, <laughs> good. That's exactly the state you want to be in. Uh, it's, it's, you're just so much more fun. You know how just like, so the thing is like, I think we've all had some friends who are more fun drunk and you kind of feel bad about that. You're like, I don't know. They're sure. just like, they yeah. just get like more energized than like, or goofy. Even, you know, just like whole friendships that are more fun drunk. It has, they're a perfectly what are great you person saying on about the us? <laughs> But, <laughs> um, well, so I would say that, uh, you might be more, you're just more fun in a fugue state. And that might be true of the friendship too. Um, thank you. For the record, I'll this, this is a fugue state podcast, not a drunk podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay. Gotcha. Great. Sounds um, good. So pictographs are, yeah, I don't know, like a USA Today kind of thing. And just like, it, it, so, so I guess with graphs, we, we, we very ham handedly tried to describe, uh, you know, the way that we can mathematically describe shapes, um, with, uh, God, I'm just bad at even saying what we said in the first. Please, uh, uh oh, disregard first first segment. <laughs> um, ah. Yeah. So, uh, in segment Let's two, talk like that, the rest of the podcast. Now, <laughs> duck sounds, duck sounds. Um. So, the thing that um we would like to talk about now, when everyone's ready, uh, is hold on, not ready yet. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I'm ready. Okay, good. Thank you. We've all had a moment. I think we really needed that. Do you need more barriers for me to throw up <laughs> to make this harder for you? Because it seems up, like it's coming a little bit too easily. If you throw up, this is going to make terrible foley. I mean, just it's terrible audio. <laughs> and, and frankly, it's going to slow down. It's not foley at that point. It's real. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> but, but we can use that throw up sound in the future. That's going to be a great sound effect. Um, so, uh, right. So now what we're trying to do is we're trying to make shapes with data in the real world so that we can bring again. So what I was trying to get at is this idea of like, you know, we, when we think about numbers, it's an abstract concept. One, two, three, ten. You can kind of picture them all in your head. Uh, but you don't necessarily need to picture a certain number of apples or a certain number of, um, I don't know, uh, uh, Vince Vaughn comedies. Uh, you don't need to picture those things. Um, you can just picture the abstract form. So then we can put it another ways. We, we draw it out in like a shape or something so that we can register it easily and quickly. Um, and so one fun way to do that is with those infographics because you can see how many pizza pies it takes to get to the moon or something because then you're taking an actual literal number of pizza pies and then. <laughs> You abstract it and then write it all down in a fun way that's very really easy to see instead of seeing all the pizza right. pies, which would be hard to do because you need a telescope or right. um, 
yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. You need pizza pies to build a telescope. You need pizza pies to build a rocket. You then need pizza pies to fuel that rocket. Oh, this is part of your pizza verse uh, science fiction series. <laughs> you created it. You said we need to know how many pizza pies it takes to get us to the moon. Are you like stacking the boxes on top of each other? Is this some kind of inverse knockout joke? Here? What's happening here? No, my question to you is, what did you think that we I was going to say when you said we need to figure out how many pizza pies it takes to go, go to the moon? I was hoping you would draw me a graph. I'm trying to figure out what it means, what that statement means. I don't know. It would be more it would be more clearly implied by a graph. Just one of the many ways that a picture gives us is worth a thousand words. So are we sticking the pizzas like end to end or just like on top of each other? Well, I think you need to bow to the physics of the situation. And yeah, you need to stick them just on top of each other. You need to stack them. And then so okay. that they don't fall over. Unless because... you were to like make some sort of pizza roll. Uh, yeah, I wonder how a pizza roll would wrap up here. <laughs> no, that's a good point. That's a good structural improvement. You're moving more towards a, sus- a pizza suspension bridge or suspension tower. Huh. <laughs> um. Well, I think I think because the pizzas would be naturally unstable, you'd want to put at least one of those um, little plastic centerpiece things to kind of hold it all together. Yeah. Maybe just some with really. Yeah, long, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and that'll kind of hold it in place. Sure. And before you know, it, we'll be on the moon and get all that cheese to put on our pizza. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this has been fun. Yep. Yep. I'm having a great time. Um, <laughs> why not? Why don't we just recollect ourselves and uh, come back and just like, maybe the third segment will be better. <laughs> no promises. Okay. We'll see. Back in a minute. Uh, I don't know. Let's see how we do. From the wrong side of the tracks, where people rhyme on a dime, get their dream crushed flat. Cops carry pistols and thugs carry max. They try to live right and get paid selling crack. Death around the corner, every soul got a price. Women on the corner selling skin, living trite. Fifty dollars down and she's yours for the night. All right, back on the Doom to Fail podcast, talking about pizza and moons uh, and various other sundry things, um, treasure chests, uh, octopi. Um, diving men just looking inside of a fishbowl right now we're just real doing like fishbowl stuff mm. yeah so what's fishbowl stuff uh everything i just said plus little castles oh, oh and goldfish. okay what about tiny divers i said tiny divers i feel like you're not even listening to this very okay. important conversation what about treasure chests that are opening and closing are they talking to us or like is it just uh blurbing no, they open and then bubbles go out and they close. And could, then they open and then bubbles go out and then they close. Could we understand what the treasure chest is trying to say to us by like some sort of bubble Morse code? Uh, yes. Yes, but it spells out the answer to a question that no one asked. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a really bad party guest. I don't know why we even brought this fishbowl <laughs> into the party. <laughs> Um, so this is exactly, uh, this is something you could graph. Is it not? You could graph, uh, Morse code? Can you graph Morse code? How would you, you graph could. Morse code? Okay. So the way you graph okay, Morse code, in fact, it's, it's a perfect yes. thing. So when you write out Morse code, dots and dashes, I mean, that's a graph in a sense, yeah. right? So imagine a two axis graph, uh, where the x axis is time and the y axis is, uh, tone or no tone, right? Do, 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 do. You know, um, okay. If, yeah. if you plot that, 
then you will see, you know, a line where there is some tone and, uh, you know, it'll be at zero when there's no tone. So you'll see either lines for dashes or very short pops for dots. And then, uh, that's basically what you're looking at, right? When you look at Morse code written out, dot, 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 you would I see mean, dot, it dot, seems dot. Kind of, it seems cheaty because it, I mean, where do we draw the line or the box? Not really the line, but the box around graphs. Because, I mean, graphs goes back to a Latin word, which is like just like to draw, right? So a graph can be anything. Letters are graphs. Mm-hmm. Uh, like anything anything that a human writes is a graph, right? Because it's data used to indicate something. Well, it sounds like you just uh, you just really brought it's the... Something uh, you drew the box. you used to communicate. Uh, what? It sounds like you just drew the box. I, I would say, I, I, yeah, I guess I do. I would say that a graph is uh, communicating information visually. Yeah, that's about it. Um, I guess it's not the same as a picture okay. somehow. How is it different from a picture? I don't think a picture is necessarily intended to communicate information. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So what we're doing is we've abstracted some concept and then we communicate it visually. Whereas uh, when you just look at a picture or just like look around your world, it's not being abstracted first. You're just intaking visual information without it having been gone through some sort of, you know, like what does this data mean phase. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I mean a, a, there's a books and books and books and people devote their whole careers to art history and figuring out what people mean through their art. Um, but I feel like there's, there's a primary intent with, with a graph as we've defined it here right. of communicating information. Whereas art, the, the intention is to communicate an emotion or a feeling or something more fundamental than just information that can be used for a specific task. Yeah, absolutely. But also like, you know, uh, um, a photograph of a license plate is not a graph, uh, even though it's it's just like, you know, to communicate that someone left their lights on and I took a photo of it to remember what the plate was. But you could argue that the license plate is a graph. Uh, all right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you think it is? I don't know. Maybe. I, by the parameters we've defined here, that letters are graphs, letters and numbers, because there's something that a human has created to communicate specific in- info. In this case, the specific info is like the serial number of this this vehicle. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll take it. Sure, I'm in. My license graph. <laughs> so I, I would like to tell you about. Uh, the, obviously, there are, there are uh, so many graphs, nearly infinite numbers of types of graphs, uh, as as defined here as uh, that which is infinite. Um, but uh, one of my favorite kinds of graphs, because it's not terribly complex and it's very intuitive and you don't need to uh, come up with some crazy justification for letters being graphs or, you know, you don't have to spend a bunch of time reading it, um, is the parity plot. Do you know what a parity plot is? No, tell me more. Oh. So the way you would use a parity plot is if you have two sets of data that are supposed to be about the same. So, I don't know, let's just say it was... Uh, uh, I don't know. Let's say it's sports scores, your favorite, and you, your guesses at the sports scores. You know, um, you would plot one on the x-axis, one on the y-axis, and you would draw a big, thick uh line. Uh, Catherine is making a lot of faces. I shouldn't have said sports scores. <laughs> no, don't say sports scores it's okay. around me. <laughs> okay, it does some weird stuff to your face. <laughs> I can't help it. It's a condition. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, so, I don't know. Number of blue cars. Whatever. Uh, 
Okay. The, the idea is you draw a big thick black line across, uh, going right in between those two axes. So at a 45 degree angle, shooting up from the point where the axes meet. And, uh, then you plot all your data. And, um, oh, it doesn't work for cars. <sighs> this is stupid. It's hard to Just explain. Just use sports scores. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah. So then, so you look at what you would do then is you would plot, um, the real, uh, the real score versus the score you guessed. And, if if all your guesses were exactly right, then you would have all of your points fall exactly on that big thick line you drew. And if they were above it, then you guessed too high. And if they were below it, then you guessed too low. And so it's a really quick way of communicating a bunch of information because if you look at this, um, it's not just you're seeing, oh, well, this th- these guesses were pretty good. Um, you can kind of get a general sense quickly of, okay, all the guesses were pretty good because they were on the line or... You know, well, most of the guesses were actually a little high, or most of them were a little low, or actually there was like a weird split where, you know, on the low end, a lot of them were too low, but on the high end, they got too high all of a sudden, or something like that. Um, so, and you can take all that information really quickly instead of looking at, say, a table of, you know, compare 11 with 12. Hmm, they seem close together. All right, compare 15 with 17. Well, it's less close together. Um, and this way you just see it immediately. Things should be on the line, Catherine. Everything should be on the line. It's parody. Oh, that seems that seems like it has a lot of utility. Yeah. Yeah, well this is the picture being worth a thousand words and uh really saves a lot of uh a lot of reading because uh, words. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you rolled your eyes at the thousand words comment. Not a fan. Yeah. You're like, mm, um... how many words is it worth? <laughs> I I don't know. I just I I I don't know. I'm feeling saucy, so I rolled my eyes. <laughs> I really wanted to deliver on my eye rolling. That's why I do podcasts. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you do it, and it's just like, oh, I wish we hadn't. I wish I hadn't committed to this eye roll already. Oh well. <laughs> ah, all right. Least favorite graph before we go. Mm. Mm. I hate. I don't anything. like vertical bar graphs. Yeah, not a fan. It's just Mm-mm. it's it's a way of saying I don't really have a lot of data because I have. To. Yeah. So I will tell you about. Uh, Hardest to read uh, for me: three D graphs, three oh, yeah. D surface graphs. Well, you shouldn't Ugh, use those. So hard to read. Yeah, there's there's much better ways to express that information. Uh, if if you could three D print the three D surface graph, I might be into it. But it's a lot to take in. I think we're very good at, at the little pictures, but uh, not necessarily. Even if it was three yeah. D printed, I don't think I would be able to do with it. You know what I would prefer to, you to use as your third dimension is color. Yeah, color color is very good because then you can look at things that are red because they're hot. Yeah. Yep. Because the color represents temperature. Um, yeah. No. I mean, there's lots of cool ways, and then like we talked about earlier with size, and then uh, you can use shape of the data point to express things there's lots of cool ways which is why i'm glad we set the definition of graph so broadly um because it really is just like it doesn't have to be axes or you know whatever it's just like well you know you found a way to encode data inside of pictures pretty cool Mm -hmm. all right Mm -hmm. so my favorite encoding of data inside of a picture was a bar graph from a civics project i did in 10th grade um in which we were supposed to run for president so we would we were separated into groups and one of the people in the group was a candidate and uh someone in my group was assigned to make a pamphlet and it all looked pretty good and a lot of good copy and it was a trifold pamphlet and you folded it out and uh on the last fold was a blue bar graph and there were two things and one said us and the other said them and us was a bigger bar 
there was no Y axis. So we, we had the bigger bar. See, there's a lot of great use things. <laughs> Wait, to what was, Wait, what was the Y axis again? Nothing. There was nothing on the Y axis. That's amazing. That's so, that's such a great kid graph. Uh, it's, it's great. Bigger is better. Everyone knows this. <laughs> Charming. Fantastic. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our very best podcast ever, talking about graphs. You would agree, right? I, 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 um, boy, I really like doing this podcast with you. Oh, it's a lot of fun. Well... We'll be back next week. And until then, that's Captain Cogart over there. Next week. Tim Dobbs right on over here. Bye. Bye.